Good morning, everyone. Hi, I'm Jason Hazel. I'm one of your missionaries, and but the kids might know me as Mr. Jason. I help out with um, waves, and um, oh, maybe track this here. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, let us just open in a word of prayer. Let us pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you so much for the opportunity of coming to uh, together to um, sing songs of praise to you, Lord, um, to pray to you together and to um, hear your word. We pray this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, this story starts with Jesus crossing the lake and hopping out of the boat into the region of Gerasenes. And then immediately, a man from the tombs comes running down to greet him. This man has an unclean spirit. He falls at the, at the feet of Jesus. And he cries out in a very loud voice, What do you want with me? Jesus, son of the most high God, swear to God that you would not torment me. For Jesus had actually said to this man, evil spirits, come out of him. And then Jesus said to him, what is your name? And he said, legion, because we are many. And then the evil spirits kept begging over and over again for Jesus not to send them out of the region. Now there are some pigs nearby, great herd, feeding and the evil spirits asked Jesus, can you let us go into them? And he gave them permission. They went into the pigs. Pigs ran down the cliff into the lake and drowned. Now, those standing by watching this, those who were uh, entrusted to care for the pigs, ran into town and told them what actually happened. And the town folk came out, and as they're coming to see Jesus, they can see the man who previously had the evil spirit in him, sitting there, now, now clothed, sound mind. And they heard what had happened, both to the pigs and to this man. And they were afraid. And so they then begged Jesus, can you leave this region? So Jesus goes, hops into the boat, and goes to go. And the man who used to have the unclean spirits in him begs Jesus, Jesus, can I go with you? And Jesus says, no, you stay here, return to your family. Talk about what Jesus has done for you, what the Lord has done for you. Talk about the mercy which has been shown to you. And so he, the man then did. He went out, back to his family, went out into the Decapolis and then told everyone about what Jesus had done for him and the mercy which had been shown to him. And the people were amazed. So that's the story from the Bible. And now what we're going to do is we're going to go through it scene by scene and unravel it and really look into it, what's happening. Because how I remember it, I'm remembering it in scenes, you know, like from a movie. So the first scene is Jesus was in the boat and he hops out of the boat. Now, do you remember what just happened last week? Was it a nice, bright, sunny day and they, they had a nice cruisy? Now, what happened, please? Somebody remembered? So I can tell Peter that you remembered. What happened? 
Yeah. Pretty traumatic time for disciples, which I believe is one of the reasons why they're not ever mentioned. I reckon they're still like half comatose from the experience they had last week. So they're not actually mentioned at all in this story. But they're there. Okay, so they come over uh, and they've entered into the region of the Gerasenes. So it's a Gentile region. So have we got any Gentiles here today? Yeah, most of us are probably Gentiles. So that's anyone who's not Jewish, not from, not from Israel. And so it's quite a remote area. So he hops out and then there's a, a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit comes running down the hill. Why I say it's a hill? It's because of uh, the tombs, that's where you bury dead people. Yeah, so it's a cemetery. So would you put a cemetery on the sea level? Where, no, you, you put it up. So he's up, up high there. So, and just picture this. So you've got a crazy man, unkept hair, unkept beard. You might be thinking, well, you know, Jason looks a little bit like that. But this guy is probably, probably not wearing any clothes at all running down like a crazy guy, bleeding. He's got sores on, on, on him where he's been cutting, cutting himself and just pause that f- photo then. So you see this guy running down. So if this was a film, it would be paused there and then it would flashback, flashback to, to explain the backstory of this guy. So the backstory of this guy is that he's up in the tombs because that's where he lives. It's a desolate area. And he lives there because he's got an unclean spirit in him. And so people have tried to even bound him to keep them with them because, you know, people live together. People don't live on their own. They've bound him and the evil spirits have even broken the irons. They've given him this unnatural strength to be able to do that. And so he's got this incredible strength, but is he enjoying this experience of these, evil spirit, of these unclean spirits? No, he's crying out day and night. This guy is in torment. He's cutting himself from that pain. And then he sees Jesus from a distance, and he runs down to see him. Okay, now come back to that other picture now. Okay, so I'm frozen now, so he's running now. And so the, you'd think the disciples actually react and do something, st- stop him, because they, has anyone seen a, a, a crazed man and you don't know what he could do? You know, I, I, I have in Africa. They're very unpredictable. You just don't know what they're going to do. And so no one has had time to react because no one has, and he just drops at the feet of Jesus. And now, he's, this is the next scene now, he starts talking. And then he says to, to Jesus, what do you want with me? So it's like this accusing thing, you know, like, what are you doing here? You know, it's like a, a, a boss is, is turned up, you know, and why are you here? You don't normally turn up at this time, you know, we're having morning tea. You know, it's, what are you doing here? And then he says... Jesus, son of the most high God. So, is this the man speaking? No, it's not. Because you've got a man living in a remote region, living in a remote place of that 
region, and nobody's talking to him. So he should not know who Jesus is. In fact, he, he, he wouldn't. He doesn't. But it, who's speaking here? It's the spirits. And they know who Jesus is. Why? Because they haven't met him in, in his physical form, but they have met him with God. They know who he is because Jesus has always been around. And they know what Jesus is here for. Jesus is the one spoken of in Genesis 3. He's the one who's going to crush their head. And so immediately they say, swear to God that you will not torment us. Because they're worried that they're going to be thrown into the abyss at this stage. But that's, that's, it's not the time yet for them. And then Jesus says to them, um, what is your name? And they say, Legion, for we are many. Does anyone know here um, how many are in the Legion, in the Royal, uh, sorry, in the Roman army? If we're talking about Legion, how many would that be? Did you say 6,000? Oh, okay, because it's 6,000. 6,000. So, um, look, is, is there 6,000 unclean spirits in here? We don't know. But certainly it's a lot, but it could, could be that number. Um, and it could be also a bit of bolstering as well. Oh, like, we're a lot, you're just, you're just one. But then the next thing which happens then is that the unclean spirits start begging Jesus to not throw them out of, their, out of the area. So they clearly know and are clearly expressing the authority that Jesus has over them. It's not, it's not a, they're not fighting. It's certainly not a, a fight here. They're just realising that it's all, it's all over um, and they're begging with him to actually um, not, not throw them into the abyss. Now, there are some pigs nearby, which is the next scene. Um, and the, uh, so would people in those days be eating pork, eating pigs? Sorry? Thank you very much. We were in a, you listened, well, you read as well. Uh, the Gentiles would, because the gent, they were in a Gentile area, remember. So the pigs would be uh, worth a lot of money. We'll, we'll come back to that. So there's a great herd of pigs there being tended by, um, by people. And so the evil spirits are begging Jesus, can you let us go into those pigs? Again, showing that they can't do anything here unless God actually gives them um, a command to actually uh, allow that to, to actually happen. It's in huge contrast to when um, they were just playing with the man, um, people tried to bound him, they had power and authority just to do whatever they wanted. But in front of Jesus, it, it doesn't compare. They're not fighting, they can't do any of that in front of him. So Jesus gives them permission to go into the pigs. And then the pigs run down the hill, over a cliff, into the lake and drown. Now, it's unclear why that actually happened. Was it because of the, when they entered the pigs, the pigs were tormented, just like that man was tormented, but couldn't deal with it. And so they, um, they went into the, um, to, to the lake to kill themselves. Or was it the evil spirits themselves did that? I, I like to think that maybe uh, it's probably the first one um, because I don't think the 
the evil spirits did anything which Jesus wasn't allowing to actually happen, um, or, you know, and tricked him into letting him into the pigs and then, you know, did that to escape, I don't know. But I, I, I think that um, the, the pigs just could not uh, live with those evil spirits in them because they did what they do, which is torment. So those standing by then saw what actually had, had happened. And so, you know, if, if your job is to look after something and then it gets stolen or broken or, you know, you go and tell your boss, don't you? Or go and look for a new job. They, so, you go and, so they went back into town to tell um, the, um, the people. And when I was in West Africa, we, um, often we'd be in the middle of nowhere and broke down. Our car seemed to break down more than most people's. Once I actually had a wheel come off the car and into, came into town before I did. Um, and uh, so people would, when things happen near a town, even, the whole town would come out because things don't generally happen there. So, you know, they want to know what's going on. So the whole town came out. And so they came out and, and came to see Jesus to find out what happened. And then you could just imagine that, you know, there's some guys sitting there and they, and they would have known him. He could have been one of their own. Like a, a brother, a father, a son. Or certainly if he wasn't a relative, they would have known him from, because when they went to the tombs to bury people, um, that they would recognise him from there because he's probably an unmistakable character. And you could almost imagine that, you know, somebody might not, not recognise him and people go, oh, that's, that's that guy. And they go, no, it's not. And they go, oh, just picturing him without clothes on because now he's clothed. And sound mind. They just, I can imagine some people might not know who, who he was. But they knew, who, they recognised who he was. And they heard about then, they got told exactly what had happened. Both to him and to the pigs. And they told Jesus, you've got to go. So a lot of people were responding to Jesus by amazement. The things he said. The things he did. But these people responded out of fear. And they said, Jesus, just go. Go out of the region. And he did. He went into the boat. And then, but the, uh, the man who had the evil spirits in him before and who was healed now, did he say, look, just, just go? No. He said, can I go with you? I want to go with you. And Jesus said, no, no, no. You stay, go back to your family. Because he's probably, it's been probably years he's, he has not seen his family. Go and live your life now, you know, because you can. You are free now from the torment. What an incredible day this guy has had. And so he said, go to your family, tell them what the Lord has done for you. Tell them the, the mercy which you have experienced. And so he did, and he went into the Decapolis. So if you've got Greek, what that means is Deca, Ten, Polis, City. So it's the region of the ten towns, ten cities. Um, and so they went, uh, he went around telling people, and people were amazed. Because they could probably see it's a huge change in this guy was testament of what actually happened. Now I'm going to go through the different characters that we have 
um, in, this, um, in this story. And like I said, for the first characters is the, the disciples. Like I said, they're not actually spoken of here, but they are there. Um, and so they've just seen Jesus lord over the, um, the wind and the waves, lord over nature, nature. And now they're seeing him commanding unclean spirits. And, and not in a fight way, <laughs> you know, just like with, the, uh, uh, with the, the wind. He just speaks and it happens. And he spoke, and these evil spirits need to actually obey him. And that leads us into the next group, the evil spirits. So they were doing what they do best, which is torment and try to um, destroy um, and pervert uh, the, uh, what God has created, God's creation, and certainly to prevent our relationship with God. And so are, are you, you might say, oh, Jason, are you saying that evil spirits, do they exist today? So I'm certainly not saying that some people can act like that, but they could have a mental health issue. So I'm not saying all mental health is all evil spirits. I'm not saying that. But I'm also, this is double negative, I'm not saying that they don't, evil spirits don't exist. They're very careful, I think, when they actually reveal themselves. Um, so, in, um, because um, Satan and his crew, they have different plans, different, uh, uh, they act differently in different countries, or different how people respond. So in, in a country like Australia, where a lot of people don't even believe in God, or you know, that there's anything apart from this physical world, why would they even raise that suggestion and, and, and um, um, show themselves? Do you know what I mean? But in, in where we were in West Africa, where everyone believes in the spirit world, that spirits would actually reveal themselves a lot there. And uh, you know, we saw some evidence of that and some friends of mine would be talking about that there as well. But people, are, uh, what they see in evil spirits there is their power. And they do actually have power, don't they? But they, have, but they have a power with their purpose, which is to, um, like I said, to torment and to destroy people. So when people think, oh yeah, I want power, I'll go to an evil spirit, yeah, you, you're gonna come off second best. And so they came to, to, to um, Jesus afraid because they were really worried about what was going to happen to them. And they were begging him, really showing that he was in complete control. They recognised his authority. And his authority is like the, um, uh, it's like an old-time um, uh, sheriff, not like a police today who, you know, people question their authority and they've got to, you know, state the, the law which they're working upon. It's like an old-time sheriff. It's just like innate authority. And some people get confused too with the, the fact that Jesus asked them about their name. I haven't said this already, have I? Because I've just preached and I, I forget. No, okay. So, um, because they asked, you know, what, your name is, um, so, uh, and they said legion. So, um, because there's a myth um, that if you um, get somebody's name or a spirit's name, you have control over that person. And so they think, oh, okay, G Jesus is doing that. But he's not, because the spirits didn't tell him all their names, did he? 
So he's, so he's not using a trick or magic or some incantation or like a, a myth. Jesus, when he tells them and when they obey him, it's from his innate authority and position. And then we're looking at Jesus then, that Jesus is, has authority over all, over not just creation or and, and, and the physical world, but the created spirits as well. And what he says actually happens. But I think the take home too is not just that he has authority, but it's the way he uses it. So in, he has power and authority, like the evil spirits. He, they had power and authority over that guy before, you know. And, and they, but how did they use it? Would they use it to torment? How did Jesus use his power and authority to heal, out of compassion and mercy? Then we have the um, the people. Well, we'll do the man first. We have the man. What an incredible roller coaster he's gone through that day. So he has been alone, distraught, in agony for a long time, most likely, in the tombs, away from everyone, cutting himself, screaming out in torment. And now he's been released. Because Jesus can change people, either from their own evil inside or from the evil which has come upon them. Um, so when I was young, I was 18, um, I hopped in my car and took off and lived up in the Northern Territory for about a year. And I lived on this Aboriginal settlement called Ali Karang up near Tennant Creek. And I went, used to go, a very small settlement, only a few hundred people, and I went to the Baptist church there. And I met this, um, this old guy. Um, he was quite a large guy, but he was a gentle giant, very calm, calm manner, speak quietly. And he used to come to my place and, and drink tea and would talk. Um, and so one day we were sitting in my, in my place drinking some tea, um, and there's a knock on the door. So I go to the door, and there's these young guys there, about three of them. They were, you could see that they were all bolstering themselves up and egging themselves on, but they were trying to tell me that something which I owned was theirs. And the other guys were going, oh, yeah, yeah, this is his, and, you know, um, you know they've come to, to take it from me. So you could see that they're all riled up and, you know, and, and joking, but, you know, re really um, getting themselves work, worked up at me. And then all of a sudden... I could see the blood drain out of their faces. And then they said, oh, okay, no, no, that is yours. Sorry, we're mistaken. And then they took off. And I, 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 was, I thought, what has changed them? Well, what's, what's going on? And I turned around and I realised that he was sitting in his chair and he just put his head out so they could actually see him. And they saw that he, they didn't know he was in the house. And as soon as they saw his face, they, they like, like took off. And so I went and I was talking to the pastor, I was telling him the story, and I said, well, what, what's going on? Obviously, they're, they're scared of this guy, and because he's the most gentle guy ever. And um, he said, oh, yeah, he wasn't always. <laughs> like, he was the most violent, aggressive man in town, they said. And this was a, a town full of violent, aggressive men. Um, he would beat his wife, beat his um, children, and beat anyone who'd come along. And then he met Jesus. And he changed. So Jesus has the authority and the power to change people. 
either from evil outside or the evil inside, which torments us. And not only has the power to do that, he has the compassion to do that for us. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what your Son has done for us. We thank you that he has both the authority over all that you created, authority over us, the uh, wind and the rain, and evil spirits, Lord, and we just thank you for his mercy and compassion, and we pray that we can go to him and follow him and tell about him like the man and not turn away from him in fear like the town people. We pray this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.